Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to My First Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Naim Parvez, and I'm a relatively new and sometimes clueless business owner. And I wanted to talk to seasoned entrepreneurs to help guide me and inspire me and help me understand the best way to grow my own business. So what mistakes to avoid, how to overcome common challenges, how to identify opportunities. And that's why I created the show for you, dear listener. So if you're new to business or old, I don't care. I'm not an ageist. I bring on guests from all sorts of industries and they are full of wisdom that you'll chew right up. And each episode is going to be like a conversation with a mentor that you never had. All right. Ritesh, welcome to my first business. Thank you very much, Naeem. I want to talk to you about 70 different things. I don't okay. don't have the time. I was expecting 85, but it's okay. I know. I don't think this okay. is <laughs> I'll survive. I don't think this is the only time we'll have conversations like this. Uh, before we started recording, I told you why I do this. Yep. And I think it's really important for people to learn from other people's mistakes, sure. and failures and successes as well. The reason I wanted to have you on is that you have a wealth of this. And every time I've spoken to you, there's been nuggets of just your philosophy on how you look at things that I think I can dissect if I go into it and find some motivation for my next action or next action step, or at least be prepared. Um, but before we get into yeah. all that wisdom and my admiration for you, why don't you tell the guests and the audience um, in a short um brief way who you are sure what you do if you meet someone at a party who who is ritesh sure firstly that was a super flattering introduction thank you very much i hope i can do uh, some justice to whatever you end up asking me and i hope i don't sound uh, <laughs> no pressure yeah, yeah i have <laughs> none at all no no and honestly i appreciate honestly i really appreciate you inviting me over and i'm really looking forward to it and i was telling you i've never done anything like this before uh, so hopefully it's uh it sounds cool in my head when it when it's when i'm thinking about things hopefully they come out sounding equally interesting yeah, yeah. uh for you and i guess whoever's listening yeah no um, pressure yeah. <laughs> uh so no for just a quick uh, maybe a quick introduction about uh, myself i was actually born in india born in uh, it's mumbai now but bombay back then moved to dubai in 1989 uh so i'm a come dubai kid in that sense uh went to school here finished high school in dubai uh went to the us for my undergrad and uh came back post my undergrad because of reasons we probably get into uh during the podcast uh and then i've been here since so i've been back in dubai working for about 14 years now mm-hmm. uh currently spend a lot of time uh between dubai and mumbai uh largely for work and also some family there uh from a family perspective like i said my parents are here uh my wife my lovely wife upasna who i met at uni in the us uh also moved back to dubai about 5 years ago uh so we're just living our best life uh, in dubai as best we can yeah. enjoying ourselves and uh doing what we do and how do you define yourself professionally and so from a professional perspective i'm actually part of my family business uh, which is into shipping and logistics uh, the organization is called the transworld group It was founded in 1977 uh, by my grandfather in India. Uh actually he was working in Kuwait in the 60s uh for a shipping company, a Palestinian gentleman uh based out of Kuwait in I think 63 or 64. Uh and you know as luck would have it one of the the principals that they were representing so they were shipping agency companies. So normal agency you work for someone else's business uh, and they wanted to start 
a service connecting India to the, to the Gulf. So their ships used to come to Kuwait and, and I think maybe even Port Rashid in, in Dubai at the time and turn back and go to wherever Europe or wherever they came from. So they had an interest in some cargo from India. So his boss, a uh, gentleman by the name of uh, Abdullah Muwakid said, Swami, you're a nice guy. Why don't you go and start? I'll support you. Take the business over and, and take the business for India and good luck and, and you do what you can out of it. So that's literally how the organization started in 77. Uh, that lasted for about, that agency lasted for about six months. Uh, as things do, I guess, when you're a new startup, you do, you know, you think you can take on more than you can chew. Uh, and more often than not, you do end up failing. But I guess the, the smartness that he had was to learn from it and, and move forward and, and build an organization from there. So that's how we started as a small shipping agency company in 77. And today, as an organization, we employ about uh, 800, 850 people on land. We have about 600 people or crew that work for us on our ships. Uh, so we own our own ships. We own our own containers uh, in different places that we operate. Uh, it could be on the land side with warehouses, trucks, uh, and, and other such uh, related items for the logistics and supply chain business. Wonderful. I'm going to come back to sure. your grandfather's um, story a bit sure. later in the conversation because I think it does tie into a bit of the theme sure. of the podcast. But um, I want to start with your genesis into the business. Um, what At what point did you enter the family business? Was it after graduation or were you... Yeah. Were you testing the waters before too? No, so it's kind of linked to to what I said earlier. So, so I mm-hmm. so I kind of wanted to come back. I, I was so firstly I was never under any pressure to say like you know this is the business and you need to come back and you need to be back by X day and, and all of that. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a conversation at home. Probably subconscious, but but it wasn't a in your face kind of you have to do this kind of. So conversation. talk to me about that. Like yeah. tell tell me a bit more about that because the expectation is that says two generations have already passed in the business. Mm-hmm. It is is it kind of a given that you will be there? What is there pressure? So uh, honestly, no. Okay. Uh, I think it's just the way my parents are. I, I guess I think that's how we were always brought up, and and, and they're very similar even now. Uh, I think it's more about they set kind of guidelines and you you pick and choose what you think is right and then they back you and they've consistently done that uh for example i i actually went into undergrad i'm sorry i'm jumping a bit but no, i no, to, went into undergrad to st- as a communications major uh i started off as a comm major i realized it bores me about six months into it and then i switched and i ended up with you know operations management and a couple of minors one of them in communication and one in, in organizational behavior so uh Actually, started off doing completely something completely different. I was I wanted to be a lawyer for the longest time, uh, so there were a lot of these things that I was never under any pressure to uh, come back and and work. But actually, what happened was two thousand seven and eight happened, or the financial crisis happened. So when that happened, unlike uh, and and like rather, it was very similar to most industries and most businesses across the world. There was a complete bloodbath, right? Uh, shipping was no different. Uh, just to give you an example, so we earn. Uh, in freight rates. So freight rates went up, a hypothetical number, you say $100 a container uh, today. And by this evening, or like 9 a.m., $100. By the evening, it was about $2 a container, $10 a container. If it's you like were lucky. the FX market. Exactly. So so that happened, and uh, the industry was in a huge amount of turmoil. We were no different from, from everybody else. So at that point was when I was just about graduating in the U.S. Uh, I had interviewed in a couple of places, uh, US was also going through challenging times, so that really didn't go 
anywhere uh and then my father's like listen you can learn whatever you can learn now you'll never get an opportunity to do it again so come spend some time just be here uh see what you can pick up if you like it stay back if you don't like it fair enough my wife was in the us my now wife was in the us at the time so obviously i had motivation to to go back but then i just thought that it was a uh, one i liked it two and i think it was a bit of a, a moral dilemma that i had but i i chose to be here and also support uh, my father and the family because things were not as rosy as probably they are now i think that was one of the toughest periods from a business perspective that right. we went through as well it actually leads to my second question when you did join two mm-hmm. questions you have to answer them from 1 to 10 sure um how stable was the business 10 being the most stable and secondly what was the potential that you in your gut or intuition um what part, or how much of the potential was already realized in the business as in there's no more room for growth it's just maintenance from here on um so let's talk about stability first how stable was it and you can't pick 7 7 is a cop out <laughs> there's 6 6 or 8 so, how stable was it at that time so there was Enjoy. a period of time it was a 4 i would say 3 or 4 okay uh it was a very short period of time but it was definitely exceptionally uh well on a really really sticky wicket uh, for some short period of time but then as things do you put your head down and you you figure it out and and slowly but surely but it was a good 2 uh, 3 years uh, that were really a, a huge struggle and then of course things started settling down and, and not just from a market perspective but in terms of certain strategies certain decisions that we took uh, ended up paying off or have started to pay off then yeah we'll talk about those that yeah. those stories a bit more yeah. in detail what about the potential uh what did you see at that point so because we're in in different aspects of the of the supply chain and different aspects of the shipping and logistics business as an as a as an organization uh different parts of the businesses were in different stages of growth uh some of them were older businesses or the original businesses which were i don't want to say plateauing but they were reaching a point of uh slower growth uh than maybe some of the others so there's a mixed bag i think there were certain things that we definitely had clear growth plans and ambitions which i think we've kind of hit our straps and are fulfilling them now uh certain other parts of the business that were getting to a mature stage we've also found ways to uh, uh to to find the best way possible to take them forward as well uh in those businesses so it was a it was a mixed bag but definitely potential it wasn't honestly if it was just come here sit down and have you know do nothing and just watch it happen i don't think i would have interested me i would have probably yeah found a polite way of maybe backing out and doing something else yeah how old were you at the time where you officially joined it's a great question 22 i want to say 22 yeah, okay I so, so i think so it's a very precarious age the reason i ask is that if yeah, you 22, ask 22 yeah sorry i just I'm just counting sorry you're 22 if you ask 22 year olds now they have no idea what to do with their life right because <laughs> of the barrage of information that's yeah. at them and the potential of their life and yeah. you kind of alluded to that you know you're doing comms major you wanted to be a lawyer you yeah. wanted to keep your options open yeah but at the same time the fate kind of brought you yeah. into this place but i wanted to ask you once you made the decision um okay you know let's let's try this sure what expectations did you set for yourself or um what expectations did you set of the environment that you're going to get expectations from myself so because of 
you know the scenario the way the business was and there was also a lot of uh, other things uh, i don't want to dwell on them too much but there are a lot of lot of different things happening within the business and the family and all of that stuff so the initial goal and objective was just to be there uh, to be a sounding board to to of course learn because i didn't of course dinner table conversations going up but you don't know till you learn so firstly shut up listen be a sounding board and pick up whatever you can and try and just you know try to not annoy people uh be there but just try and observe more than anything else so that is the first uh maybe expectation i set on myself was be there to support uh my father to support the rest of the family and business however i could it could mean you know cracking a joke more than once a day i don't know whatever it could be something as stupid as that but that is a general idea i'm i'm simplifying it but that was that's the general idea and the second one was just to absorb uh again i i went into it because what my dad said never going to be like this trust me just come in and learn yeah and that's literally uh what i was doing so i had no uh i was not customer facing no one knew i existed i literally started from ground up to the i know i sound very privileged and i can i can hear myself saying it and i want to acknowledge that when i say oh i started from ground up i i acknowledge that it's from a privileged position that i'm saying i started in quotes ground up but from our organization perspective i started ground up uh and and it basically stayed out of the limelight and focus for at least 3 4 5 years and then i slowly stepped into more of a a senior role within the organization eventually now where i am as you know within the management and yeah uh, in the senior management team for the organization yeah i don't i don't think it sounds privileged personally i mean i people might disagree with me people might disagree with you sure. as well i have my reasons we'll get into that a bit sure. later as well um i find when so we were talking before this i was in finance right, right. i, I yeah. did financial foreign exchange trading for about 7 years and i had to switch careers and right. i was at a point where i know what i didn't want to do wasn't sure what i wanted to do sure so the advice that i was getting at that point um was similar to what you're saying is just go and learn and absorb what right what's open for you what's the closest thing that can get you to your learning goals sure and i switched into tech and i again people would say like it's privileged i got a good position in tech which was right. from the ground up customer service which is not sure. fancy for someone making six figures a year to go into to go customer into service yeah. my parents were like what are you doing it sure. was it was like three months after i got married so they're like what are you doing yeah. you know here we are hoping for grandkids and you are <laughs> completely going and yeah, yeah. throwing it all away yeah. but there's there's something to to that kind of attitude just to be to absorb and yeah. to learn i totally understand what that means and then if you're if you're always expecting a certain that's why i asked about expectations right. if you're always kind of holding yourself to these strong worded affirmations expectations yeah do you really find your own path or or not yeah i i think you have to see each one goes through their own journey right and yeah. i strongly believe regardless of where you start off where you end up is basically your own journey right you can get some advantages or lots of advantages you can be maybe no advantages as a starting point but i think a lot of people get into their own head a bit uh, and they try and overthink and over everything things but i think you just look around you take a second and and, and i and i um, so I always get into this with with my father actually he thinks i'm sometimes not serious enough or i'm not or i don't look at things a certain way but I actually think it's not the worst thing to step back a little bit to to observe your surroundings to see what's going on and then choose 
how you need to go rather than just being regimented and being you know and this is what it is i've heard that i've heard that to be a great business person you need to wake up at 5 and go to the gym and da, 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 da. so i'm going to do this no no i think you need to figure out your own uh kind of masala mix or your own formula to yeah how you do it i don't know if that if i answered your question but no it I, it does it's it's all about so the thing that is on my mind a lot these days is finding your own truth yeah what's true to you sure um and you mentioned overthinking yeah. that actually is a great uh segue into my next topic but i think we have coffee super okay break over yes let's go let's go so we were we were talking about overthinking yeah and expectations and having hard goals and and stuff like that i wanted to talk to you about planning in particular yeah um as a business owner who's been 2 years now yeah. uh still trying to find my style of managing the business i'm still trying to understand how far do i need to plan out yeah. um and this would be a good contrast to talk to you as a you know three generation business versus something as 2 years old and we can compare sure. notes sure i can't plan more than 90 days at a time I can't plan my actual tasks for more than 2 weeks at a time and I yeah. can't plan my goals more than 90 days at a time. Is that the same how you guys do it or must be must be very different? It's a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you need to plan short, medium, long-term goals. Mm-hmm. So generally so actually why I'm I'm traveling to India to Mumbai again uh, on Sunday and one of the things we're doing so we turn 50 as an organization in 3 years, 4 years. Uh so that's actually our next transfer at 50 uh, and that's our business plan and our strategy and roadmap high level for the next 5 years and then of course you break it down into uh smaller chunks smaller goals um I don't know if 90 days is is uh a window but I don't think it's not bad to have smaller smaller windows and and break them down into more achievable targets but I still think you need a mix because if you do at least my my again my perspective and I think it's it is different from a Uh, uh an organization that's been around versus a startup because there's so many things that come your way and you don't know how to predict them but i still feel maybe if you have some sort of a long term roadmap uh, it can be very macro it doesn't have to be micro detailed but at least you know in what direction you're shooting because at least my experience has been and we we were never like this i think in the past because it is just let's do something let's do this let's do that but the last almost now 8 years 10 years so we did one Five years ago, and I looked at it to prepare for the one from next week. We achieved about seventy percent of what we set out to, which is interesting uh, because I was shocked that we achieved as much as we did. Uh, but then that also now gives us that thirty percent plus what next. So it's a nice way of kind of doing it, and then of course that breaks down into smaller plans and, and quarterly plans and budgets and all of that. And do you think the factor that you have had success before? so in yeah. multiple lines of businesses kind of give now you have stories to rely yeah. on like this is something that's possible doable yeah, 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 we've yeah. tried this does that make planning easier for oh yeah, yeah. the way forward 100% like i'm yeah. saying it now and in my head and I, and i know just speaking from shared experience of say my wife's business and she's yeah. a, she's a, a you know new business as well sometimes i tell her something and she thinks i'm completely batshit crazy because i'm like how she like how can you think of blah, blah blah but it doesn't work and i've now realized that it is very very different and it's again because we know something is work we've done it a certain way so we just assume that that's what it's like but i also think there's no right there's no one way i think i'm just again hearing myself there's probably no one right way i think you need to find what works for you but i guess 
even in life it's a bit philosophical but you do need like some general direction right like go oh, in 5 10 years i want to live in dubai i want to do something within media absolutely and then you figure out you maybe you know figure out the rest and you take it as it comes i told you this was going to be a therapy session I love not it. just I not love just it. a podcast right because these are these are things that are hard to talk about in uh generic catch up kind of situations but True. you know it does there's a lot of things that overlap between yeah. how you look at life and how you look at business so I absolutely I believe i agree that you should have a direction that you're going towards yeah. but what i think is lacking for us and something that you know mm-hmm. i'm working on or we're working on uh making that long term roadmap yeah. um visualizing it without ever having done anything similar yeah um so the inspiration has to come from stories of others yeah at this point so we look up to let's say similar businesses other sure. agency owners uh that do advertising what have they accomplished sure how did they do it is that a a goal that will give us stress or will give us joy yeah. so that's the other thing that we need to balance cuz not all goals are joyful not all of them are stressful yeah, 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 they're sure. they're somewhere in between it it just depends on how much you want to push yeah. yourself what would you how would you describe your level of push and aggression into business 1 out of 10 again you can't pick 7 and and 10 being the most aggressive so on a per, it's really interesting uh i maybe i'm similar in personal life so i'm i'm generally very laid back but if i have to get something done i can go from 0 to 100 like this right and i just need to find that one either trigger or something that motivates me to do it and then i'm on it and i'm i'm quite aggressive in terms of how i go about it more definitely more than i am in in real life more in business than in in life but even in life i can go just if you know you'll see and you'll see me we're meeting tomorrow and you'll see in a competitive situation i can get i can get very very competitive you'll see <laughs> i can already imagine that <laughs> No but but yeah I, but I tell know. me tell yeah. me about some of the triggers what what are the triggers that get you going from 0 to 100 real quick from a work perspective or yeah from work perspective uh someone tells me it can't be done or someone says that and now i'm thinking as an organization says you're you're only doing this you're old you're you know whatever you're only this you're only that if i even hear that i think that just motivates me to can i be a little rude yeah and kind of you know a big f you to the to whoever so i think that kind of gets me going so you're because competitive. i'm yeah i guess I, i am competitive in that and it's not just to prove someone wrong don't get me wrong that's not the motivation but that does help you to catalyze a lot of the things and and push it towards that direction have you always been competitive certain times i i honestly i'm such a like my ishas my wife will tell you i can be sitting on the couch for the entire weekend do nothing and be very happy with it or i can go out and do something and be ultra uh gung ho about doing it be super enthusiastic be so and i'm i'm i live in those extremes i think there's yeah. no in between i'm either like super laid back yeah or if i have to then i'm okay fine let, let's let's go and get it done but the, the reason i'm i'm smiling yeah. so wide and i'm getting into this is like it's very similar for me uh, but yeah. i've It's very hard to explain also in different stages of life. I think so. I think mine has evolved. I don't know if yours has. So I started mostly been laid back. Yeah. To a point where I look lazy, but I'm not lazy. Thank you. Yeah. You know like I am able to do things 
fast. Like my mom told me the other day, she's like, your sisters were always complaining about you when you were a kid. Right. Because they'd be studying all day. You'd study an hour at night and you'd get more results from them. And yeah. I'd look very laid back. Yeah. But the moment that, you know, something see, yeah. needs to be done. Yeah. And then second thing is games and competition, right? So yeah. um, Alina used to laugh at me, my wife and business partner, that I pl- I play to play the game. She's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And I was like that. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. care about winning for the longest time. It only changed in the last five years or so yeah. that I would be sulking after a loss. Whether it's a board game, yeah, yeah. a football game that I play, my team loses. I, I used to be very zen, but something has changed. I agree with you. It's really interesting that you said that. And I think it's very similar for me. Like if you look at how I was growing up and I did sports and I did all of that, but it was always like, uh, okay, fine. I need to run. Okay, I'm going to run 100 meters. Okay, I'm going to lose. Okay, I won a medal. Oh, I came last. Oh, whatever. Okay, whatever. But you're right. I think something has changed even for me. And it's been in the last maybe five, six years. Where uh, And maybe it's work that's made me more competitive off work uh, just because um, of whatever things we want to achieve from a work perspective. I think that's also pushed me to change a little bit from a personal perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's also, I think, uh, even with friends, it's probably there's always a one guy or one girl in the group that annoys you so much you want to do it just to shut them up. So I think that also, so maybe it's going back to the you know, sticking it to someone for saying something. Maybe that is just a, and it's a very, very small, petty thing I know, but it helps. It just kind of eggs you on, pushes you. So, you know, it's, that. it's important for people around you to know that because yeah. if they want to get something done oh, by, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by you, yeah, yeah. That, cause, or, or you have to know your own triggers as well, right? Sure, um, sure. Because yes, as a, as a business owner and like leading a business, you don't need extra accountability. You're, yeah. you're, it, you Everything depends on you. Sure. The results will have a direct impact on you. 100%. It's not like you can just go start another job yeah. the other day. 100%. Right? Like you are responsible for everything that happens. So you already have the accountability. Yeah. But then there's this next level. This is why I bring up aggression mm. because that's where you do things that, you know, you wouldn't coast. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah, rely yeah, yeah. on coasting and you need those triggers somehow. Yeah. And I constantly am looking for my triggers yeah. as well. I don't have the... The F you, you, you tell me I can't do it. Uh, rage against the machine kind, yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff in me right now. Mine is more, um, if nobody can do it, I'll yeah. show you how I'll do it. Like it's one of those things. Like if, yeah. if you can't figure it out, if it's too hard for you, yeah. I'll show you that it's easy. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's similar-ish to the, the rage against the machine thing. But like, I get exactly what you're saying, right? Yeah. It is this like something that you want to prove to yourself. And in doing that, I guess you can, you know, prove to the others, even if you don't have to, but it allows you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to yeah. planning, long, we talked about long-term. Yeah. How does, you wear so many different hats in your business, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how many hats do you wear? Yeah, a few. Yeah, a bunch of things. 64, but, 75. So okay. how, do, how do you plan day-to-day? What does, uh, what does your day-to-day planning look like? Actually, I live on uh, my calendar pretty much. So I do plan, so I plan my day out pretty well and I plan I'm not like uh, but I kind of have an idea what I want to get out of every day uh, my the day days before are, or on the day off day off I spend some time in the morning just kind of thinking through it and and largely now because everything is governed by meetings and, and calendars and all of that so you kind of know what to expect but I do make sure that at least one day of the week is time for me uh, it could be housekeeping it could be just catching up 
uh with my colleagues uh getting a cup of coffee you'll find so in my office i'm the annoying guy that just keeps walking around and chatting with people so i spend a lot of time doing that and then it's like quote unquote work uh work time as well but no i i am fairly planned in terms of how i go about sorry how i go about each day uh but that's more just to keep me from slacking than anything else i think do you have uh, a portion of deep work in your days uh, where you actually need to shut off from everyone and focus uh, mm, on yourself sometimes uh, yeah. sometimes i think it's not very often but it does it does come up especially like like for this that i'm preparing for for next week uh that's actually most of sunday so i'm traveling sunday uh, but most of the day even on the flight is going to be just collecting my thoughts and thinking through a lot of uh what the expectations are what expectations to set and and all of that so i do that once in a while but largely it's very collaborative uh again i think that's probably also my way of doing things so i do need uh discussions we have people around and it's a lot of the decisions are taken there's no me taking a decision or uh, anything i think it's a lot of group group thinking of course i take a final call if i have to but it's after deliberation and getting everyone's view so maybe that's just how i do it um but yeah that's just yeah. so let's let's talk about that so good segue yeah. um people yeah um you can try and automate everything in the world but like we've been trying to do it since the the steam engine since <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't remove people from business no. um what was your first experience actually hiring someone for yourself someone who you would be directly working with and could you compare what you're looking for in people from that time to today and how has that changed or evolved in the way you procure people what you want to know about them how you check your gut feelings yeah. what is um what's your current um analysis of of people and how to bring them on board with you i don't know if uh, too much has changed of course i'm i mean skill set wise you need more you know people <coughs> sorry should understand a bit more about technology and have some experience and and those sort of things that's fine but i think it's more about the personality of the of the person uh i'm not saying you must like everyone that you work with you need people that are different you need people to challenge and question that's fine but there's still a little bit of that underlying personality trait that uh you kind of need to gel so i i don't know if it's changed too much from then to now uh so the way i interview people is actually quite i don't know if it's it's unique but i've read i've read your cv i've read your resume i know that but i literally just sit down and have a conversation and i've had people like my last uh, head of hr our last head of hr she she just moved back to to india and she's she's working with uh, with another large organization there basically ended her interview with me saying that she's actually lazy and uh, she works you're smart. like hired yeah no, i was like yes <laughs> and she literally ended and she said it and she just looked at me and said shit and literally her reaction i'm like why what happened she's like i should i have said that i'm lazy i'm like no but what do you mean and she ended up like similar to what you said or i said no no it's more about working smart of course i have to work and i get things done but it's not like i'm not the person who's earning and so and i find that sort of stuff is what you really understand about a person right if you just go to someone and be like tell me about yourself they'll just be like okay i did this i worked here i did this ah this is a skill set yeah but so what everyone around you has got give or take the same amount of skills give or take same amount of qualifications depending on the role but until you really understand the person behind all of that i think that's what sets and that's the magic right and like you said like you started off saying 
even our industry like we've had companies very very large largest in the world shipping pure shipping companies that have gone completely digital you pick up the phone uh you don't get anyone you can't meet them in their office because they don't exist everything is either online technology is great we using a lot of it it's all fine but and and i think this has come from my father's one of his uh his teachings that i take and and maybe it's from his his dad i don't know the backbone of at least our organization is our people whatever you do is is basically to enhance their way of working and to give a better customer experience that's fine but it's not at the cost of people and for that you need a certain type of person that really understands the that philosophy and it really fits into the culture of the organization like for for us for me personally i think the culture of the organization is key so when i look and and meet someone it's that and i think it's intangible you can't really define you can but it's not that easy to put into words but there's that and you should something. I, don't, i don't think you should because then you you kind of constrict it correct or restrict it correct uh if you put, try to put it in words correct. then you become that thing that exactly. it's in that box exactly right? and, yeah. and if you look and it's really weird because we have had you know senior level hires that have been great on great human beings great on paper but this with due respect is maybe just something that didn't fit yeah and maybe they felt it as well right and and so and, and a lot of us again there are people who challenge each other all the time there's no like sitting there and just agreeing but it's still within a, a way of and, and there's just i think that makes a huge difference in terms of how the organization moves forward as well yeah i've kind of rambled on a bit but sorry no 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 i'm i'm taking all of that in and tying it to my experiences and seeing um how to go about it in the future too so like back story first yeah every time i've been successful at getting a job in my 95 career i realized the inflection point in the interview was when it went away from just skills and right things you can put in words to a more emotional yeah. or i would say like what's your damn motivation man like somebody yeah. asked me that in a different way like correct, correct. what what do you wake up for and who what do you stand for what is your philosophy yeah. basically and at that point the interview just changes and i knew if i had the job or not yeah. before i even got the offer and i'm trying to replicate that now with with hiring um i am not sure how those managers triggered that yeah so how do you how do you trigger that how do you trigger those kind of underlying philosophy motivation of a person do you have any questions in there or any specific thing that you can point to that brings that piece of them out i think just talk to them like again i think a lot of people who are interviewing people are just again oh i'm in the middle of you know 100 things and here someone slotted in a 20 minute slot for an interview Honestly if you really want to hire the person first you should care about the reason you're hiring them and care about the person that you want to bring on board enough to just have a conversation it's like this uh we're just speaking to each other and that's literally there's no like set of questions there's nothing because I could ask about something completely random please don't do that um I, I could go off the rails a bit please don't do that but no I it's just having a conversation I don't know I just like to talk to people yeah. I, i i don't know and it's nice to hear a bit about someone else's story right it's also i think empathy is is, is that the fancy word i, Pot- I don't know potentially well see, see the other way i'm thinking about it correct me if i'm wrong yeah, yeah. is energy too you want to yeah. find if yeah. people match your energy level so our company has two heads myself and alina yeah we operate in different energies yeah um hers is a bit more 
very attention to detail, very task focused, very deadline focused, yeah. very structured in her way of like working. And then there's this guy yeah. who wears a Homer Simpson t-shirt. Um, so we try to find people that either can match yeah. hers mostly because most of the work, most of the service delivery of the clients is upon her. Right. So we need people that are supporting her that match that level yeah. of energy, that care about speed and they yeah. care yeah. about attention to detail and they care about her truth, sure. which we talked about sure. before as yes. well. Yeah. And you can only get that, as you're saying, through kind of conversation. Yeah. I um, completely agree. And I think you've said it really, really well. It is about that, right? And if you're not able to gel at that level, forget everything else. Yeah. Because I think then everything else just falls in place. Yeah. But if these are like very basic, uh, if you don't match from an from energy perspective, if you don't match from a, whatever, these small, you know, perspectives of different things, whatever it is, right? I'm not saying again, you don't have to agree on everything. You can have different political views. You can have all of that. It doesn't really matter at all. But it's about certain, again, I, I don't know how to say it. Style. Yeah, maybe it's style. Style of yeah, work. Yeah. Maybe you it's know. that. Because like for sports teams, right? Like yeah. you can get two superstars working in the same team, but they might not gel with each other because yeah. they operate in different energies. But Absolutely. individually, they're both great. Yeah. So when a person doesn't pass the interview, it's not to say that they didn't, they weren't a good Exactly. Catch. It's just that you and I may not exactly be on the same wavelength. Yeah. So I'm I'm really glad uh, that at least that part is yeah, yeah, is we're, similar, which is nice. Whew. Okay, here I was. I'm I'm constantly questioning and doubting everything. And I really, I if it was up to me, I'd be wearing that t-shirt. I'm not, <laughs> not, not this suit. So. I think you're coming from very important meetings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, moving on to something that you alluded to before in in passing, but I picked up on it is. Thinking big. So we were talking about planning and you were talking about your wife's business yeah. at the startup level. Yeah. And you're able to think um, bigger than maybe a startup can. What do you think people like us, your wife, myself, can do to cultivate big thinking? Is there is there something we need to be more open to? Is there is there is there some words you can say to inspire us? But what what gets you to think so macro? Yeah. Um, without being fearful of like how it will be done. Yeah, I actually think it's just that. Uh, the last bit that you said, if you start overthinking right at the beginning, then I think you just go into this loop of how do I get this done? What's going to happen? Da, 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 da. But I think it's it's also interesting and important to probably differentiate between something that is macro and I'm only going to dream and put stupid shit on a piece of paper or on a, on a whiteboard or whatever it is. We'll figure it out. We have to figure it out. And if it doesn't, if it's not figure outable, we get rid of it. But just go with whatever's in your mind. And I think it's the fear of, or, or, or I think often, and I, I do this as well, we jump from figure out stage, hypothetical, let me figure it out to, holy shit, I need to figure it out. Oh my God, I can't figure it out in about 30 seconds. Which is, yeah, I get it. But I think, find a way or try, at least what I do is try and find a way to stop it. If I'm planning something, stop at that. Let me just put it and see what happens. Let it sit for a bit. Let, let me let it marinate. Let it marinate for a bit. More often than not, no, no, it's too stupid. It's not going to work and we chuck it. One of them or two of two or three out of ten, I don't know, whatever the number is, ends up being an idea that, okay, let's work with it a bit more. And then you flesh it out and maybe of that three, one sticks, two sticks, whatever, right? But But I think Somewhere, then this is what 
uh i don't want to speak for her but or you guys but maybe that could be a catch and i'm again the probably the reason i'm allowed or allowed myself to be and think like that because i have an existing business that okay you know if, if this doesn't work i may still have something or i could still pivot and do something else maybe it's that and that confidence that i get because of having that but it is a conscious effort that i make as well to not jump from ideation stage to planning and then also failing your own plans and moving to something else so i think there's that effort that at least i make all the time if i have an idea put it and let it sit and i think decision making is you have to be prompt i completely agree but for something like this it actually doesn't kill you to take your time with it uh, normal decisions yeah i think just you need to take a call quick my view again if i'm rambling sorry but no no just decision making quick decisions have the guts to deal with the consequences of the decisions later but don't sit on something and over analyze and overthink except for this part which is a you know longer term view vision take some time with it let it uh, let it sit <clears throat> let it so i have a a tab on my yeah on my uh, s- software that i keep track of my tasks i call it incubate okay yeah um my the issue that i deal with is was part of my questions the mm. fear of like how will i do it because yeah. i am a very process based thinker right. so when i do have an idea i try to make it as tangible as possible yeah. as quickly as possible to yeah. figure out if i need to move yeah. and that's where it gets killed that's yeah. where most of my ideas don't even make it to that to list the next stage yeah because i've overthought as you said like okay this might take 4 years uh in those 4 yeah. years the first 2 years will be spent doing this and for yeah. that i need to hire this person i need to learn yeah. this skill and then by that time it just feels so overwhelming yeah that it doesn't happen yeah versus now that i'm glad you said that because there are some times where i just write something down and leave it out there and mention it in passing to conversations here and there it, exactly. it comes up in different yeah. Yeah, yeah. conversations and then you start seeing the truth to it you're like okay that's not actually a yeah. very bad idea yeah. or let's not do that again get that off your list because we found something that's a deal breaker so just a question quickly so yeah. do you think that you know what you said you have an idea and it <coughs> sorry and you kind of you know let it float around speak to someone about it do you find that you actually like the unit again it sounds hokey as no, shit no no please like, please i'm totally into this stuff does the yeah. universe kind of you know give you a sign sometimes when you let things happen you kind of get feedback when you you know good put happy thoughts out there or a positive idea do you get feedback in the world around you 125% yeah um and only by it's kind of the way for ideas to evolve yeah. is through some challenge yeah um with the outside world the the longer it stays in your head yeah it's it's defeated as, as long as it's there it'll be defeated agree one way or the other yeah but the more you put it out there i've i've seen them and thanks for bringing that up because that's a good reminder yeah that i no matter how stupid an idea sounds it needs to get out there exactly. to be tested yeah in the first phase and then evolve as it needs yes, to absolutely. or die yeah yeah absolutely yeah no that's a, this is good i i really appreciate um that piece of advice cuz overthinking is here's here's the thing small business rule number 1 is survival yeah fix yeah. that don't worry about that because things like um incubating ideas and also things like company culture for example yeah are secondary to yeah. survival yeah once you figured out survival which luckily we have yeah, yeah. now we're starting to have these kind of conversations of what course. should our company culture be of what course. should you know our five year four year what should incubate in there what are the possibilities yeah. what's the potential yeah. now if we can 
make this guy survive and we can step away and it'll still be running the machine will still be running yeah. if we're there then maybe go into the next thing but uh, luckily we had a survival uh speaking of survival you started the conversation or we started the conversation talking about your genesis into the business and yeah. at that point the stability was in question yeah so I want to spend some time talking about challenges how you overcome them and the lessons that you know we can talk about in common language yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people who are listening can kind of relate to it sure. even outside your industry yeah. if there's yeah, some yeah, like yeah, yeah. common threads of what you saw but let's talk about one challenge that you've overcome and maybe some sure. lessons from it one that you're facing right now if you're comfortable sharing anything from yeah. a high level yeah, yeah, yeah. and one disaster that's coming but you're already preparing for it <laughs> but it's not here yet or you're yeah, envisioning yeah, yeah, yeah. coming so let's start with something in the past what what comes to mind if you can describe what brought your business to that 4 out of 10 and what was required to get out of it so 4 out of 10 was just uh, was just 2008 so because i was working on the on the outside terrace two days in a row <laughs> all the sand is in my system <laughs> welcome uh, to the by life yeah uh 4 out of 10 was actually just 2008 that that got us there but well that's a nice way of putting it but but i think so the industry we are we're in so the traditional part of the business the shipping business is really cyclical it's always been super cyclical uh the the length of the cycles are changing uh today you have really really short cycles uh back even 10 15 years ago the cycles were a little longer and 2008 was probably the first mini or or shorter you know length within the cycle so that's what really shocked uh the entire system and, and i think like most other similar companies uh no one really expected it to be as bad as it was we were talking about before we started about financial planning you always plan it makes so much sense now but you always plan for the worst case scenario plan for something that's really 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 good keep it in the side and then you kind of figure out that you know you're in between ish somewhere you end up always in between but for some reason uh and i guess it was a lot of the world at that time never really really honestly planned out for the worst worst case scenario could you have really predicted it probably not but at least let's think down that and people don't want to even personally you never want to think oh my god what if you know xyz really really bad thing happens tomorrow morning what do i do you don't want to think about it so so that's something which in hindsight if we had had the guts to and again it's not it's not a commentary on what was right or wrong what we did was right then uh that is not a wrong you know so that is something we were very clear about when hindsight if i was to learn from it probably the planning process and always try and look at super worst case and build up from there and that's actually something that we've incorporated uh into the business very very clearly of course there was always certain scenario planning and stuff but i think now we've really gone doomsday tomorrow versus what's going to happen so that's something that's always on our mind and essentially the way we overcame the challenge and the challenge was whatever it was from one was from a market perspective two was there were some uh new so we in the ship owning business we we were building new ships at the time uh the value of the ships uh dropped rather dramatically apart from the ongoing business issues at the time uh and the way we did it was essentially just tough old school negotiations uh tightening the belt going back to the basics uh getting closer to our customers uh and again it sounds super gimmicky but it's literally that it, it wasn't anything super fancy 
it was literally literally going back to okay what the hell are we doing why are we doing it and let's now figure it out uh the other thing that really 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 helped was having a great team around uh there's so many examples of people that you know work are still working with us in in a lot of cases went above and beyond to put their hands up to come up with ideas to sit to discuss and these are all i mean amazing learnings literally there's a whole generation of us at transworld who've learned all our lessons from that time and we still always think about it today any decision that a lot of us have taken that's still literally back of our mind what if tomorrow morning 2089 happens okay fine okay it's not going to happen now let's do this or now let's do that so i think uh going back to the basics tightening our belt having a great team around us to support uh decision making to allow decision making to happen to think about ideas to think about different things and uh very honestly when you do and again back to this this universe thing i think when you do certain things and you do them with the right intent somehow things work out and i don't want to again underplay anything it is really a lot of effort and all of that but at the end of the day you can do all that you can do and then it's not in your hand there's certain things that are controllable work on them and the rest is you know we'll see and yeah. if the stars align so to speak it works right so that's obviously something that that i feel like it happens only because you're doing the right thing or you're still putting the effort or you're still working hard towards solving a problem or a challenge and then eventually you might get a lending hand somehow absolutely so it's it's a bit of bit of all of that i think that intent piece that you talked about too if you look at the counter of that let's say mm-hmm. there's a resignation within you yeah um and we've i i know what you're saying is true for me at least mm-hmm. because i know the counter example yeah. there has been times where i've been a bit more resigned about right. the situation or alina has and the universe manifests yeah that because that's yeah. what we're putting out right. we like it or not so if the counter if that is true then yeah. the other side is potentially true too yeah and you have to work on maintaining that and as you said like having a great team yeah um was definitely oh, a part sure. of that because we all kind of share the yeah. same energy when we're in the same yeah. room so that's very interesting so tightening your belt going back to the basics yeah. talking to the customers again that's yeah. that's massive that's huge um what uh, what are uh, what are you facing right now what's uh is there is there some sort of challenge that you're kind of meditating through or how to deal with it do you have a plan of something that you're working on that is solving a a big problem yeah so i think the business is is already if not pivoted pivoting towards being uh i think the expectations from a logistics company is very different from what it was even a couple of years ago uh the next generation of customers are obviously more tech savvy uh they expect certain things which probably a previous generation would have liked but now it's a must have so it's how to pivot a you know 40 something year old business and and future proof it for the next 40 and beyond by using certain tools and and technologies available so we've we've invested a lot uh into a strong back end and we've worked with oracle over the last 3 years and we've done all of that and it's now the process where we're building out uh on rolling out customer facing uh tools uh that allows them to have a better journey from from their perspective can uh, i ask you yeah. is the customers that asked for this or you are guessing that the customers no. want this uh it's a it's a mix uh we've actually gone out and over the last few years worked with 
a core group of customers we've done uh, uh workshops with them we've had them in steercos we've had so so it's not just what we think uh, the customer might want it's actually with a lot of their inputs uh, which also means there is onus on them to still use it and us uh but no i it's it's been a it's been an effort where we've actually sat with them and tried to get some of the requirements of course certain things were what we also believed made sense uh so it's not completely just what we want to push but it's getting feedback uh from them as well while so you're building it yeah while we're building so just in in the process of rolling it out we've started something about 3 6 months ago uh and we're slowly adding on or adding on to that but the idea is again to make their lives easier use you know fancy sounding tech but that stuff that's really easy that's really logical and the good thing is uh, our industry is actually quite uh slow in terms of adapting uh to certain it's a good thing <laughs> it's a great thing right so it's not like we're doing anything great honestly if i and i will separately tell you what we're doing it sounds like it's the most basic thing in the world but the industry doesn't do it so why not yeah uh, we're also doing uh some stuff with web3 and and stuff as well so so there's a lot of interesting so apart from so we're trying to basically leapfrog an entire generation within our tech and our tech stack of what we were doing versus what we want to do so we're trying to push the envelope a little bit and and we'll see how it goes yeah uh but yeah that's that's a bit of the journey now and that's i think the biggest challenge uh for us so one is customer facing two is internally within the organization how do you get people excited about the fact that things are going to be looking a little different yeah maybe their roles will look and feel a little different they'll still be there but the expectations will definitely change so i think that's also going on at the same time as rolling things out it's also an internal uh discussion and internal battle on certain days uh but so far so good yeah i'm still smiling uh, people are i guess still smiling so it's in the right direction i think that's so exciting man because like you said like you're switching you're you're skipping a generation yeah. worth of work so you could walk into transworld 5 years from now and it'll be a completely different company yeah i honestly that's that's one processes our, people operations yeah, yeah, things have yeah. done yeah. checklists and everything could be completely different yeah um with while still upholding tradition of, of course you know of um, course I, that's not going to change like i yeah. and that's one of the fundamental thing that i said it earlier as well you can have processes you can have it and blah, blah, blah without people that's that's you're not going to go anywhere and that's our fundamental piece of the business yeah that's great man Um I wish you the best of luck cuz I know I know how exciting that feeling is cuz I'm yeah. I'm getting that feeling I'm like whoa that's going to change everything. Um let's talk about mentors, yes, guides, influences, maybe uh maybe there'll be a cameo about your grandfather in there okay. as well, but um how do you who do you surround yourself with in terms of your own growth? Um mm. who's your sounding board now? Mm. um where do you get your advice from what is the value that you personally derive from these kind of relationships sure. if you have sure them? uh so mentoring perspective uh so i've always grown around very very strong uh men and women actually uh so maybe i'll start from my 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 grandmom um so one of the first people so is my mom's mom uh she is what 82 now She actually ran her own uh restaurant in in Bombay and and a small hotel like a 15 room hotel um and she still she was running it till about 10 years <coughs> sorry till about 10 years ago uh, and she did it 
essentially herself uh of course with support from family my granddad and all of that but she was a one man one sorry one sorry she was a one woman <laughs> army my bad she was a one woman army uh essentially doing that's so a growing up my memory of her is yeah okay grandmom and oh, so sweet and this and that whatever but my memory of her was her running her business and her having a team coming in every evening when i was in india staying at her house 4:30 she would have the team coming in with the books for the day she would be sitting there and you know checking everything signing off goes back next day the same thing i never understood it then but i think it's really cool what she did now and and the restaurant actually it's it's, it's called geeta bhavan uh, my mom's name is geeta uh google it it's actually a big landmark uh, and a lot of people uh so so if you know anything about you know, hindi movies and and so the rishi kapoor rajkop all of those guys mm-hmm. their studio was actually 5 minutes or is 5 minutes away from this and they used to come and eat there all the time so it used to be one of those you know celeb uh hangouts and whatever yeah. the 60s or 70s 80s yeah. whenever it was right yeah. so it's actually quite famous even today uh so that's i think the first uh to see that the method that she used and to see the logic behind why she did things and how she was i think that is one first thing that stands out for me uh, when you asked me the question the second uh and i think so my grandfather i, I he passed away when i was 2 my my this is my dad's <coughs> my dad's dad sorry uh i don't have too many memories of him but the one thing that i can probably and it's really 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 fascinating so he was blind 100% blind in the left eye and 75% blind in the right eye so i cannot for the life of me imagine how and he he had it from when he was fairly young really yeah so i cannot for the life of me imagine what prompted him or what gave him the guts to do what he did because he was from kerala a small village by the coast he saw a ship literally this is a story and it I'm sure it's been you know added to over the years but sorship that sounds interesting that time kuwait lots of uh, especially malayalis and lots of other south asians indians pakistanis all of them kuwait was the place to be found himself in kuwait uh, a friend of his said go gave him the money go and see what you can do and then blah 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 10 years 15 years later he started his own business in shipping in india just thinking of just the guts right so when you have maybe when you push yourself to a place of having nothing to fear you're able to do something different do something unique to make yourself stand out i don't i don't know so he's definitely for me what i've heard of him stories about him uh of course eternally grateful we wouldn't be here today if if it wasn't for him and just a super i mean like my the power in my and i think about this the power in my glasses are like minus 1.75 and minus 2 i cry like a little baby when i don't have them and upasna gets my wife gets so annoyed with me she's like what's wrong with you like and i'm just thinking he was li- and i've seen his glasses i've seen his stuff and like unreal and and to have that sort of will power determination ability uh to do that and at that time from you know india uh, he bought his first ship uh he's probably one of the first private indian ship owners in the world uh, you had the government of of i guess british india and then india 
having their own shipping companies and and royal families and monopolizing that yeah. pretty much but yeah. he was probably the first private container ship owner in in india and that's just mind blown and and just to think about and i wish he was alive because it would have been great to speak to to kind of understand what he went through what he thought about and why he did what he did so that's second one uh the third one and of course my father and all of that but the third one i'd like to speak about is is our old uh, managing director of the company gentleman called mr kulas uh his family's from the armed forces it's a big uh, mustache <laughs> and, and he's a very proper guy and uh, he has a presence in the room he has a presence in the room he definitely has a presence and i'm sitting in his cabin now so i've inherited that from from him which is always cool so he worked with my grandfather worked with my father and he worked when i first came in he was the guy that kind of you know slapped me into shape when he needed to and an amazing amazing person because i think a lot of what i get from him is what i you know still try and imbibe today a lot of clarity of thought quick decision making uh clear communication or try to be you know communicate clearly and empathy for people like the amount of people he is and we found out after he's retired now he's in new york now he's is enjoying life after he retired and left the amount of people that he helped out which we found out was he was just like an amazing part of the community here he found time for people he did all of that so i mean just so many different things uh, about him as well so i think he would have he is my first i think work mentor so to speak uh told you a bit about my mom's mom uh, my dad's father uh father of course goes without saying yeah. sounding board he's still uh i think we can get on each other's nerves a bit but for me primarily he's he is the sounding board for me certain friends that i i do have a smaller within a smaller group a couple of them uh i'm also very lucky to be part of uh, an organization called ypo and i have uh, a forum uh, that i'm part of so so them and lastly upasna my wife who i actually confer with a lot like a hell of a lot and and she is able to like uh, be super honest and super open with me which i think uh, even my father and all and i think he is but it's always a bit different i think with your spouse it's entirely different and she's able to just call out my bs and put me back uh, on the right track so those are i, I guess my go to people and and mentors it's a it's a good list and a and, yeah. a, and a growing list probably yeah. right yeah, 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 because yeah, sure. as you keep going you you keep finding more yeah for sure um i was telling you before i started this podcast this is my selfish way of bringing mentors into my life yeah. <laughs> as well give them a mic <laughs> and, <laughs> and they can questions. keep and they can keep talking and rambling on about no dude there's it's it's up to everyone else to take their own message right yeah. uh so like two things from what you said before is you wonder what it would be like to talk to your grandfather when yeah, he was there for sure um my father's story is a bit similar minus okay. the starting his own his own thing he found himself at the age of 17 uh with his dad passed away close to a a dock or where his friends were like hey we're going to this place called abu dhabi this is a this is a That's cargo amazing. ship we yeah. hide in the bunker That's amazing. near the engine room and we're going to sweat all the way but we're going to get to somewhere new and you want to come Wow. Sure. Over overnight decision, you know, just right. kind of get here, land. Um there's a cops and their dogs sniffing around seeing there's no wow. illegal occupants yeah. on the ship. This is 70s again. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh they hide in the steam room for as long as they can in the engine room and run to the nearest mosque and start a new life. Right? So there's there's this point where pain becomes a gift and it's going to sound mean to say cuz like a lot of people go through a lot of pain, but Sure. 
I I don't genuinely feel too bad for people who went through a lot because right. I know that there is a gift that came with it. Yeah. And uh, with my dad in particular, I know that's true. But the other thing is, if you talk to someone like my dad, yeah, maybe your grandfather, tell me this right or wrong, yeah, yeah, they won't be able to tell you what they did. Yeah, they were just doing. Yeah. They were just going. Yeah, they were driven by. I agree. The pain of the fear of not doing it. Yeah. And just doing it. So in hindsight, they can tell you like, oh, I probably did this. Why? But it's not yeah. like. I can you know, see that. Yeah, I can. I can definitely say from whatever I've heard of of yeah. him. I I completely get uh, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like my dad till today is very quiet about what he did. Every yeah. few years we find a new story. It's like you That's went amazing. to what Afghanistan to sell pearls? <laughs> when <laughs> when did you have That's time amazing. to do all of this? Right. But it's also I think that's the biggest thing, right? I think the humility that like your father has, and and like maybe my grandfather, or my, whatever. That's something that's so amazing. I find like the people who have actually done a lot, they just they just shut up and do it and move on, right? It's not something that you need to like make noise about and this and that. I mean, people know they know, yeah. and that's the that's I think the the beauty of it, right? And that's just the amazing part of such stories. Yeah, I think uh, there was an example. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast, and yeah. Terry Crews was on it, and he's giving this example that if you walk up to Bill Gates, yeah, and you tell him like. Hey man, you're broke. What's he gonna do? He's just gonna smile. Yeah. Bill Gates, like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need to prove anything, anything to, to anyone, anyone yeah. right? He's yeah. like, I've done the work. Yeah, what else do you need? Like, yeah. you can say anything about me, counter or for. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just gonna smile and shrug either way. I have nothing to prove. And I, you know, the other thing is that gen- generation was built differently too. I completely agree. <laughs> we are. Yeah, yeah. I literally. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. what they were saying when they looked at us. Me, like, you guys are different. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, a little bit. So outside of mentors, yeah. um, when you're your mentor yourself, when you're mentoring yourself, so let's yeah. talk about personal growth. How do you make sure that you are being your best self and you're providing the most value to your company by being the best at your role or what your responsibilities are? What kind of work do you do on yourself? Huh. So so I think it's a fairly new concept for me. Uh, till maybe three, four, five years ago, I was just living life really uh going through not i guess going through the motions a bit uh, oh i have work i have this i have that you know come back home you know eat drink sleep repeat nothing too different nothing too i don't know cerebral about anything but but i think one of the biggest changes that i've uh, i've constantly been working on is is uh just taking care of myself a little better uh i find that so i work out two three times a week Uh, with the trainer because I'm still lazy, uh, but I find that that's made a big difference because it's a lot of discipline. Uh, I just know, uh, like, you know, I landed in back to the UAE a couple of days ago. I still worked out. I've done two workouts this week. I have one tomorrow. Uh, it just just brings you back to. I guess it centers you a bit. So that's something that's really helped me out a lot uh, in focusing on on myself a bit. I don't do any of these meditation and yoga. Maybe I should. I don't know. Uh, but i think that's one thing and then the other thing i've done a lot and and that I, that i find that I, that helps me a lot is i love listening to podcasts tell uh, me about some of your faves so so there's a lot of uh, kind of these leadership ones there's uh, names are superb right now and they're escaping me completely i will think of them they will come to me they're on your iphone <laughs> they're on my iphone so if i turn around i'll find them but that's something that i that i enjoy the other thing is um I've actually been, and I always like reading a lot of uh, 
biographies i guess yeah autobiographies no which are the ones they write about themselves biographies autobiographies autobiography. autobiography. yeah. one of them whatever biographies autobiographies yeah. so so i've loved reading them so Wait, been, which one stick out for you so losing my virginity is one of them richard branson okay. i think that's been something that i've read cover to cover 10 15 times really okay yeah it's on my it's on my cart it's on my amazon it's, cart it's a really cool book because yeah. growing up he was the guy right he was like the cool everyone yeah. knew him no one knew what he did you did but like guys a cool guy but just certain things from that book uh sticks with me in in terms of even you know people skills empathy uh having the guts to kind of do things not overthinking necessarily planning but not like over overthinking uh those are all of them i think that are mentioned a little bit from him as well um so one of my sports uh people that i one of the sports people that i admire is actually a cricketer so ms dhoni uh from a leadership perspective so i read a i heard Uh, a book which is basically different chapters about his life uh it seems called the dhoni way it's a bit narcissistic and a bit of you know ms dhoni praising himself whoever wrote it praising dhoni a lot but some of the stuff you heard from it are also really really interesting because i find like that guy is he's just a weird guy like he's just different and it's something about the way he is like if you've noticed so he's won a few trophies in his life and and championships and stuff if you go back and google pictures of him there's the team with the trophy and then there's him in the background and like to to be that i don't know it's almost like this detachment and there's a self of like what you said about your, your father for example someone who's done it they've done it they don't go to go and like it's about me here's the picture here's this here's that play the game done guys are happy teams happy I'm out what's next or you know I'm happy like there's a picture where he won a uh, one of these Indian domestic things is IPL titles a couple of years ago literally entire team like fireworks and going off and blah, blah and you have this guy in the background with this like 5 year old kid or 2 year old kid holding her like completely off frame so to be that uh and that's also a big challenge in business right emotional attachment to your business uh versus realizing it is a business uh and yeah you have emotions around it but how to find the balance between being overly emotional and making wrong decisions versus still being pragmatic enough to to listen be empathetic do all of that but still make business decisions very i i keep drawing a parallel to him because does what he has to do quite ruthless on the field uh changes the team does whatever he has to but at the end of the day it's just it's what you're doing and you still have to keep you know so i i don't know something about the way he is so that book really fascinated me um then there was um uh again i will think of the name and tell you but these are just a couple of them that's come that are coming to me now can i ask you um what's the worst leadership book you've ever read oh gosh uh i'll i'll give you mine then you can which tell one? me which one yeah it's not it's anything by jim collins yeah the the good to great guy I was going to say <laughs> any of these like I'm sorry Jim yeah these like super It's really bad yeah these super like mumbo jumbo like phrase yeah, pseudo scientific yeah. pseudo statistical analysis yeah. of like uh, in yeah it's Can like I, cherry picking yeah for success there's this famous indian origin uh guy who used to appear on oprah <laughs> a lot and i had a chance to listen to him uh earlier this year honestly <laughs> I don't fluff. get it. Yeah, complete fluff. And the guy is, I mean, obviously he's maybe the, maybe he's too smart for me, I don't know. But incredible, like right? complete 1 hour of fluff. 
and we had people everyone all of us honestly all those around me were a bit like huh what's going on but then i guess he's built his you know whole thing so all of these like i feel like overly uh like all these phrase fancy phrases and this and that all of that sounds good on paper but it's not really practical any yeah. maybe it is i don't know but for me it almost pushes me away from reading those books yeah every time so when i'm really i i hardly try to read business books i'm more like you i'm i'm into stories yeah. of people because their business becomes an yeah. extension of their personality yeah. and you can pick up from that if i go to like kinokunaya like a bookstore yeah. if i see a chart mm. or a graph explaining terminology about a leadership style i'm like yeah done Well, you yeah. know like if you've overthought about yeah. it to a point of over intellectualizing it yeah. versus going back to the root basic like yeah. what were you feeling at the time you did this just tell, tell me that yeah, we yeah, have correct. a common word for those you don't need to come up with a word exactly for you know being uh, being candid is a thing and then you book, have a book called yeah. radical candor and then you have like all these frameworks yeah, yeah, exactly. for how to be candid it's God, just be, be candid, candid. <laughs> just be shouldn't candid. be that tough right? don't just, be an asshole yeah. be candid exactly like, be nice be, be Be nice, be truthful, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. We're on the same page with that. I have to pick up losing my virginity. I have yes. no reason not to pick up it Super anymore. Um, I'm going to ask you some selfish questions yeah, yeah, that I need it. advice. Uh-oh. Patience. Um, I have very little of it. Um, with Especially with making this work. So I have, right. I have a business where out of survival phase where... we have a good runway if you know things were to shut down tomorrow we're still like safe for a right. good amount of time until we figure something out but every time i get to a phase and i'm planning for the next one patience oh that's going to take 2 3 years oh it's going to take 10 years to do that oh i i don't how do i calm myself like i know you don't meditate and yoga so please don't tell me to do that yeah, no, no. <laughs> i need i need another way to think about patience what would you what would you say to me uh i'm actually super impatient uh outside of work and with work it's almost inevitable that it requires me to be super super patient because things take time i don't know how i do it to be honest i It's a really therapy session figure yeah out. yeah no i, I need to sit back and need to couch the couch <laughs> i Tell don't me know. about your father <laughs> <laughs> honestly man, i don't i really have no idea um maybe it goes back to the the planning bit maybe it's linked to that so when you kind of know uh and you kind of realize that yeah it's going to take whatever five years but kind of i've worked through it i've let it sit for a while i've analyzed it i've now realized yeah it's going to take five years if i still want to do it you know fuck it i have to do it and then maybe sit through whatever it takes to do it maybe it's that i i really don't know because from a from work a lot of things i mean things take time uh and especially in an in a established organization versus a startup where you can kind of maybe pivot a little easier it's very difficult to move a running organization right it's super hard when you have people for years processes for years and all of that so maybe it's just maybe it's that but but personally outside of work i'm super impatient like i'm i don't get angry as much as i did earlier but i am super impatient like if something is not happening okay next like move to whatever else so i don't know i honestly don't know maybe it's is to do with the planning part maybe it's just yeah realizing it's what it is 
Yeah, because I'm I'm like you. Outside of work, I am yeah. impatient. People need to be on time. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah. told me yeah. when I'm playing football, I'm impatient. Like you said, you would do this. You yeah. you do this this way. I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, we yeah, had yeah. a game plan. You're not following it. I'm impatient. You know things that don't have that big consequences. Yeah. You know, like we should have left early because I knew there was going to be traffic. I'm impatient. Correct. I don't. Correct. You know, but when it comes to business, here's here's where I'm probably stuck. Yeah. Um, and it was coming to me when you were talking is mm. some of the when we split our role between the business, my wife and my myself, she has more access to daily wins, weekly right. wins, because her results depend on client results. Sure. If the clients are getting good results with the campaigns, she has something to celebrate. Of course. Like that's my work and yeah. I that's the output. Yeah. Stuff that I'm working on operationally, business yeah. growth, architecture, yeah, yeah. laying the foundation for the next level. Yeah. There are no immediate wins. There's no gratification in sure. the short term at all. Sure. So which kind of puts me in a bit more, I guess, a bit darker of a place where I can't, you know. Yeah. I mean, find ways to to celebrate wins or to like recognize what a win is, right? Figure out, figure that out because I I I, I can understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, because a lot of it is behind the scenes stuff. It's you know doing the the unsexy uh, the, stuff exactly yeah but i think find ways to celebrate find something to celebrate you can't because i think recognizing that that's equally important as the quote unquote the sexy stuff i think is is key and somewhere that people we all do it and we kind of say yeah yeah but that's just the back end work and that's just this but no it's it's i think it's equally important because one will not work without the other and two and i'm a big big believer like find something that you think is a win and celebrate it. Mm. Like in our office, people think we are out of our mind. You come into the work, come into the office, I think every single day of the week there's something celebrating something going on somewhere okay. in the office because I love it. Having that small win celebration and recognizing that and recognizing your team, recognizing yourself to say that listen, I've done this. You know, well done, not to let it get to your head. it is a milestone right and again maybe going back to the planning bit it's all part of a certain longer term objective yeah <laughs> possibly and yeah. if it is then why not celebrate it yeah it's a bit of a shift so i've been in sales role for most of my life sales right. is the easiest celebration uh, oh yeah oh. cuz you close a deal in your celebration yeah. right there yeah, yeah. or even when i did customer service or customer success and leading a team when we stopped a customer from canceling that's a win sure so we had these wins yeah, 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 coming yeah. in and out and they had revenue numbers attached to every win too sure. so like there is good reason to celebrate every time the stuff that i have i don't have revenue so i have to change my thinking about like it's it's, it's value not revenue exactly. that we're going for and yeah. maybe now maybe just jamming with you that the reason lena is able to celebrate these client wins is because of the architecture that i've yeah you know helped in for or sure. put my part in into that because this that we set up together has yeah. led to that yeah in a certain way. So that w- I'm going to steal her wins. That's do what it. I'm going to do. Do it. Just do it. Not cool. share, yeah, steal. Yeah, steal it. <laughs> not even <No>. share. <laughs> but no, no, but, we'll share it's, it. but it's true though. Like it's it's all the unsexy stuff that makes the sexy stuff happen, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, I think maybe it's just recognizing that. Yeah. Like I'm always happy being a behind the scenes guy, so that's why I'm looking at things to try and find to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, you know, the team does whatever they do, but I'm like trying to find that two things that i feel like yeah we've done it yeah. but it is important to to definitely do that and that helps with the patience part that helps with back on tra- getting back on track that probably helps with all of the all of those things at least from i'm talking personal experience mm-hmm. it it definitely helps to do you know put you back on in the right headspace 
uh, to go forward as well. Speaking of headspace, another thing I need advice with. So it's less now, but it still creeps up. Yeah. I, do you have an imposter syndrome ever? Do you ever look at other people and, and wonder if you're on the right path, if you're going at the right speed, if you are fit enough to do this for a long time? Um, do you have it in you to match? You know, we have this competitive side. Yeah, yeah. But you look at people outside of your life and we eventually end up comparing ourselves. Do you have good control over that? Yeah, I actually think I do. I think I'm very uh, satisfied, you know, if that's the right way. And I, I think I'm I'm all content. Maybe that's a better word. Satisfied is maybe not. But I'm actually very content in the way I am, my life, the way things are, whatever, from, from all different perspectives. So I've never, and especially from a work perspective, I, I just, maybe it's my personality, just do your own thing. So I, I don't really, yeah, I read about all these people and all of that stuff. I, I don't but know. But you're being tr- you're true to yourself again then. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just how I am really. I think, I think the effort, and we again spoke about it before about PR and, and stuff. And I was pretty candid, right, in, in saying what I said. But yeah, maybe it's just that space of, I'm happy where I am and I don't need to necessarily, I am who I am and I have a personality that is mine. Uh, and I know that I can be X, Y, Z different ways from at work, but that's me. So I'm honestly, and it's not being cocky at all, but it's just, I'm fine being who I am. I, I don't need to, yeah, you try and pick up things from from people, but it's nothing like I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I'm comparing. Can I do this? Can I, no, no, I'm on my own journey. I'm good. And I'll figure shit out on the way. I I struggled with it for for a long time and uh it's very unhealthy. Yeah. Uh so I I I would mention to anyone listening that if you are doing it recognize it. Um mm-hmm. I was constantly comparing my circumstances to others. Right. As well and not looking for the beauty in life. Right? Like you stop yeah. looking for beauty in life when you always are wondering what if yeah. I could or what if I had or what if I were. Um and I had I'm still working on it. It's uh, what I figured out. My trigger is being exposed to it too much. Right. Too much hustle porn. Yeah. Being expo- overexposed yeah, to like, it. Yeah. It creeps in. But the moment I shut it off, I can go back in and find my center. Yeah. A bit more, but it's still shaky. And yeah. what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that it it doesn't have to be that you're worse than them or better than them. <laughs> and t- tell me this wrong. Not worse or better, but yeah. just different. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's about maybe also live like being a bit more in the moment than than we find ourselves because we're always looking at the next thing. Maybe just about being there, being maybe maybe that. I, I really don't know the answer, but yeah, it could be all of all yeah. of that. And again, like this Dhoni thing, and I said it earlier, right? You just won a trophy, your team's back after two years, you've done all of this, and what do you do? You're just playing with your kid. I I admire that. I would I, I would that would be that. that would be my style. Yeah, but I wouldn't I would be want able to do that. I would love to be in that yeah. you know, super in the moment. Yeah. Happy, content. Well, we're this uh, this generation, we're growing up with the expectation of being celebrities, everyone, many celebrities yeah. in our life, right? Yeah. Like we can't wait to get the win because we want to show off about it yeah, and so, yeah, or well, be recognized for it or like be on a magazine cover or it's even if we don't want it, it's just conditioning has happened. I agree. Because that hustle porn has just gone yeah. to the next yeah, level. Yeah. It started early with Time Magazine and all those guys that started yeah, it before. Yeah, yeah, um, and now it's gone to just another level. Yeah. And, um, you I mean, know. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally like when we have these like networking things and all of that, I'm the worst 
person in the room for that yeah. if i small conversations in a small group no problem but any of those things where you need to like show I, yourself off yeah, yeah i'm i'm out yeah 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 it's yeah it's a very cuz i don't know if you're i'm more introverted than mm. extroverted i'm not like completely yeah. introverted as you can tell i'm talking yeah, yeah. about camera yeah yeah Uh, are you like in that I think very spectrum? similar yeah. yeah because I think if people look at like my impression of you maybe first yeah. impression of you yeah was you're not introverted you're extroverted yeah and I guess and maybe you can correct me if or if you thought differently of me but I think I know exactly what you're saying because really speaking you're fine we do this but yeah I'm good to uh, a certain limit and yeah. then I need to recover there's yes. a recharge period exactly that needs to happen exactly so I, do, i get that yeah, yeah i can play this role yes. for a little bit because yeah, it brings spice to my life it's good but then for a few days after this don't talk to me i'm completely like that yeah yeah i'm like almost exactly like what you just described yeah. i can turn it on when i want to like yeah. for god's sake i used to be in sales so you can be <laughs> being like go. hi how's your service yeah. it's good <laughs> wanna buy yeah please discount no <laughs> so and you have to, I, i i get it completely yeah. but i wouldn't i i would hate going into like let's say a golfing thing for you know to pick up a client i would oh, like no, would no. not want to do that yeah, because yeah. then you then it's not true to myself yeah, right yeah. so yeah it's true man this has been like such a journey within my mind just this conversation both ways huh? like even for me just yeah. listening to some yeah, yeah honestly it's been i'm really enjoying no but see what i'm always looking for is perspectives and i'm yeah. getting i'm getting It's always good to get different perspectives but what I find with you is that I'm getting language for the perspective that are that is being developed in my own mind either I have it or it's being developed right. and it's strengthening and I don't think this should be the last time we talk about this kind of stuff um because you're evolving yeah. I'm evolving yeah. um I don't want to say that I figured it out ever you know that's like yeah. that's yeah, yeah. and I think that's what you, you do as yeah, well yeah and you never do right you always have to keep kind of figuring it out this as is a system upgrade that's yep. happening right now it's yep. uh, uploading sure. uploading right yeah. <laughs> but uh thank you so much i'm conscious of of time as well what is the time it is uh well done. that's 110 we can wow. go on for another two hours oh, like wow. if we i hope i did not whole thing or the daylight sort of you or everyone else no i think i think there is a very real element to the stuff you say so mm. it it passes on or it like it fits in so many different businesses um and i hope someone everyone can take away whatever you know um strikes a chord for you guys too it certainly struck a lot of different chords for me um i want to do this again at some point awesome. if you're up for it yeah as long as you know it's it sounds good when it's finally edited and done <laughs> and you're happy with the final product no we'll see if you're happy with no, the man, final this is fun this is a lot of fun yeah. man really thank you so much because This is I've never done this before. Yeah. Uh I did it on a lark really. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah, I I really enjoyed. So thank you for the opportunity honestly. Yeah. Uh and it's also given me a lot of uh time to reflect. Awesome. As I was trying to you know find my way through your questions, it it gave me time to reflect uh on bit on on whatever I was saying as well. So I appreciate it and and thank you for sharing and inviting as well. Oh, that sounds like music to my ears. Thanks for taking a chance on me. Appreciate Thanks for coming you. to my first business. Thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow night. Yep. <laughs> If you survive. Oh. Thanks, man. Ooh. Thanks Done. again. Thanks, man. That, That was fun. That was good. That was fun. Thank you very much. You're